0: Welcome to Donna Cloney Parish Podcast. If you want to know more information about the parish, how to support us, or for other social media, please go to uk. Thank you. I remember uh, before lockdown, maybe a couple of months before lockdown, we were having a sermon where we were looking at uh, one of the illustrations was talking about the national emblems of at the United Kingdom, and I wonder if you remember them: the Shamrock, the national emblem of Israel, or Ireland, should I say? The thistle for Scotland, the the rose for England, the leek for Wales. Not much of a flower, really, the leek, more of a vegetable. But the vine, uh, particularly for uh, the, the the those round uh, the the where the the Dead Sea Scrolls were kept. The vine was the picture, it was the emblem of the Israel of God. And I wonder if you've ever read in through the Bible about the vine. Just listen to a number of verses in the Old Testament. Psalm 80 verses 8 and 9. You transplanted a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it and it took root and filled the land. We easily see the picture of the vine here as Israel, taken from Egypt, uh, planted in the promised land. It took root and filled the land. We've already heard from Isaiah uh, chapter 5, but listen to Ezekiel 15. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, how is the wood of a vine different from that of a branch than from any of the trees in the forest? Is wood ever taken from it to make anything useful? Do they make pegs from it to, to hang things on? And after it's thrown in the fire, it's fuel, and the fire burns both ends and chars the middle. Is it then useful for anything? It was not useful for anything when it was whole. How much less can it be made into something useful when the fire has burnt it and is charred? Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. As I have given the wood of the vine among the trees of the forest as fuel for fire, so I will treat the people living in Jerusalem. I will set my face against them. Here is a picture of God judging his nation Israel and he's using the wood of the vine, casting it into the fire. So we have this picture in the Old Testament of God, as Isaiah 5 tells us, tending this vine, loving it, helping it, protecting it. And in the end, Israel scorning their God and so God challenging them and judging them and taking them out of the land. Sending them to Babylon, and as we come to our gospel reading, as we come to our New Testament reading, should I said this morning in John chapter fifteen, Jesus is making his way from the upper room where he's been with the disciples and talking to them about him leaving. He's been comforting them. He's making his way to the Garden of Gethsemane where there are vines all around him, and he says in John fifteen verse one. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. I am everything that Israel was supposed to be and so much more. I will be a blessing to the nations. I, I will show forth the fruit of the spirit. And then he warns his hearers, initially the disciples. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. Those who were listening to Jesus would have thought, I'm a branch. Of course, I'm a branch of Israel. The religious leaders would have thought, I'm part of God's people. Of course, I follow Moses. I, I, I follow all the laws. And yet when it came to Jesus, most didn't follow him. Those who listen to Jesus but find his teaching too hard to bear as we see in John 6. Judas Iscariot who were who was amongst the disciples and yet in the upper room left him to betray him. There was a branch that bore no fruit. And Jesus lovingly warns his hearers that if he they don't believe in him, John chapter 15 verse 6, If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned, reminding us of Ezekiel chapter 15. Now what Jesus isn't saying here is that a true believer can lose their salvation. No, he's already said in John chapter 6 verse 37, All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. In John 10, verse 28, he says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hands. Great words of comfort. No, that's not what Jesus is saying. What Jesus is saying, I suppose we should think about a parable like the parable of the soils. You can see that there will be those who say they follow Jesus and yet the troubles of this world. Hardship and persecution will be shown then as they walk away and leave Jesus and want to follow the way of the world, that they truly haven't repented and trusted in Jesus. Now, what Jesus is saying here is that, verse 8, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is what we're called to do to bear much fruit to God's glory. But there's a couple of questions here that we need to ask. What is the fruit that brings God's glory? Well, first of all, end of verse 8, it's to show yourself as Jesus' disciple. It's to obey him, verse 14. It's to repent and trust in him, to keep on doing that day by day. And secondly, verses 12 to 13, as we, we were to read on there, it's to love God and love others. My command is this, Jesus says, Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love is one than this, and they lay down one's life for one's friends. It is to live as Jesus lived. And in other parts of the Bible, we see the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of Jesus' Spirit illustrated further. So Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness self-control again as we look at those attributes as we look at those those parts of the fruit of the spirit we see it's the life of christ that's what brings glory living with jesus and for jesus and here's the second question how can we bear that fruit so now we know what the fruit is how can we bear that fruit seems such a hard act to follow. Who of us can be like Jesus? I know I can't. Well, thanks be to God. God helps us. Look at verse 16 of chapter 15. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Because God has chosen us and is working in our lives through the Holy Spirit, we can bear this fruit. And God will prune us at times, end of verse 2. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it'll be even more fruitful. It's never a pleasant process being pruned. But we chop down branches, we, we prune those pieces of the plant, not because we're Sadistic and like to hack through things. It's for a reason. The reason we cut down the, the plants and the bushes and the flowers is to bear more flowers, to bear more fruit. It's not a pleasant experience where God has to do it for us. But think where are the areas of my life where I'm not loving, where I'm not patient, where I'm not kind? Where I'm not faithful. Where does God need to prune you? Where does God need to prune me? And remember when he does it, it's because he wants us to bear more fruit, to be more like Jesus. See, we can't live the Christian life on our own. We need to remain in Jesus. Verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I and you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. There's a good reminder to us that it's all about Jesus. Without him, we can do nothing. And so let me ask you another two questions as we close this morning. Are you connected to it? Are you in it? Are you in Jesus? Have you repented of your sin? That sin that believes you're okay on your own that sin that says we're not as bad as so-and-so down the road, but we're maybe not as good as whoever it is as well. That sin that believes that we have the capability of coming to God on our own strength and doing things in God on our own strength. We need to repent and to trust in Jesus. Apart from him, we can do nothing. And if we are connected to Him, are we praying to be fruitful? Are we not leading thousands to Christ, although if you are, praise be to the Lord, that will be such a blessing. But how are you growing in love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? How are you growing in Christ? That's what pleases God. And it comes from resting in Christ, remaining in him. That's the issue here. Not to try to do this in our own strength. That's something I'm guilty of. To rest and remain in Christ as we read his word, as we pray to him. That's how we're called to be fruitful. It's not rocket science, and yet it's so hard for us to do. And so let's ask ourselves are we connected to him? Are we praying to be fruitful? Let's pray together. Almighty God, would you teach us the importance of being in Christ this morning? Would you teach us that that only comes through repentance, turning from our sin and turning in faith to Christ? Would you teach us that we are to remain in Christ, not trying to do things in our own strength, but resting in Jesus? And Lord, to your glory, may we bear the fruit of your spirit. And this we ask in Jesus' name thank you for being with us today we pray that this service has been an encouragement to you a challenge and a help to build you up in your faith in christ we've now ended our church service and we'd be delighted if you can join with us again thank you for being with us in donna parish god bless you